Hello and welcome to Dave's Disney View Podcast. A one-time cast member, a long-time visitor, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective on the Walt Disney World Resort. Throughout the show, we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Please keep your hands and arms inside the moving vehicle at all times and enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View. How's everybody doing? Well, I wanted to give you some more information today about Epcot and what Epcot is or what Epcot was planned to be versus what Epcot is today. I think it lends itself to an interesting sort of thought process and where it went and how it got here. Back in the 1960s when Walt was thinking about the idea for the Florida project, a couple of things came to mind. One is, he was constrained greatly when he was looking at uh, building his park in Anaheim. He wanted a place where he could take his, his girls and go and have some fun and enjoy himself, you know, and have Daddy's Day, and really do something kind of fun. And he bought the land in uh, California, outside of Anaheim, and he, he had uh, he built his park there. And his park was, you know, was a nice park, and it really kind of fit the need for what he wanted. But he, when he started thinking bigger about all the dreams he had in his mind. I mean, the man was just this very imaginative sort of person. He did have a lot of things in his head when he was thinking about uh, doing something beyond just this uh, this magic kingdom he had. Now remember that it's called a magic kingdom, right? Where magic happens, where something interesting and fun is taking place. And he had this idea to go beyond that magic kingdom and do something more. Not only can I add things, but even the trees will keep growing. The thing will get more beautiful every year. Now, I want to share with you some of our ideas, some of the philosophy for Disney World. I've always said there will never be another Disneyland, and uh, I think it's going to work out that way. So that there is a distinction between Disneyland in California and whatever Disney does in Florida. Here in Florida, we have something special we never enjoyed at Disneyland, the blessing of size. There's enough land to hold all the ideas and plans we can possibly imagine. It will be a community of tomorrow that will never be completed. But the most exciting, and the far the most important part of our Florida project, in fact, the heart of everything we'll be doing in Disney World will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. It will never cease to be a living blueprint of the future, where people actually live a life they can't find anywhere else in the world. So he had this idea for a community where people could come and live and work and play, and he would have some measure of building a building a place where people could come and, and he could exhibit technologies of the future and get people to, to kind of grow and think about how to do things differently. And in a way, Walt was really a visionary in this sense because he really had this, this tremendously good idea for how to get people to innovate. Look, when he started building uh, the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland and then when he went to work for the uh, 
World's Fair in uh, 1963 and 4 when he was building attractions for, for the World's Fair. He found a way to get corporations involved and get them to come up with their greatest ideas and basically generate money, put money into the pot so that his, his Imagineers could come up and could come up with the good ideas and then he could work with the corporations to kind of implement those ideas with some new technology and some of the state-of-the-art stuff at the time for what, what would work. So he had an influx of money and he had some good ideas. And the company won because they got something in return because they got a lot of uh, publicity out of it. And in some cases, they were their technology was showcased, or they had the ability to build some new piece of technology based on some of the designs that design concepts that the Imagineers had come up with. Remember, the Imagineers were just people who had worked in various divisions of Disney along the way, various places uh, from uh, arts departments to uh, some of the engineering to some of the uh, different. Uh, you know, design departments. So he had all these people coming together and coming up with these, these ideas for shows and then they would implement them based on technology that generally they had available but in some cases was a stretch to something they had available. So Walt wanted to, I believe, and this is really my supposition because there's no documented evidence to prove that this is either is or isn't the case, but I believe that Walt was really looking for a way to kind of take that to another level and build something where you'd have people come in and work and develop and create. And it would be kind of self-sustaining self in a way. So you could have people there who worked for the Disney company who would kind of come up with the imaginative ideas. You would have people there who were uh, working for these various corporations that had the funding and could actually you know, build their research centers and do things and kind of innovate in their own ways at, at times while they were there in, the, in, this, in this area. So he had this, this, this concept, I, I believe, where he was trying to do something. Somewhere along the way, as he was developing up all these concepts and thinking about how to put it together, he decided that he needed to have a working theme park to go along with it. And there's conflicting stories about why he needed the conflicting theme park. I've heard several different versions of it. Either that he was looking for, he needed to have it in order to get the legislature to sign off, letting him have this technology park, that he needed a place to showcase his the technologies in some way, and even that uh, he was really looking to build this, uh, this theme park here so that he could have something that was greater than what he had in California and could really make this the showcase and eventually uh, not diminish or not you know, downsize what was in California, but to make this one a greater show, showcase for him and what he wanted to do. So given all of those things, he had this concept to build. A, a park in Florida that would that would have that blessing of size and would be able to do some more things other than simply just having a theme park. The challenge, of course, is how do you do that? Um, you know, if you if you go back and you listen to the the piece that was put together. Now, Walt was really sick. Let me just back up for a second. Walt was really sick about the time that they started to uh, to get the concept of Epcot together. I'm sorry, at the time they started to build the uh, uh, Disney World uh, theme park, because they started to you know, piece together all the concepts for Disney World, uh, Walt was really sick. So Walt never saw opening day for, for Disney World. And so he was working on his all his concepts and what he wanted to do, and he had all these thoughts out there. And 
there was still some debate within the state legislature in Florida and within the concepts uh, as far as like getting funding from some of the banks to finish up some of the things that, he, that the uh, park was going to have in it. And so when they were, when they were finalizing their, their process for what they were going to do, uh, Card Walker, who became the CEO of, the, uh, of Disney at that point in time, came along and he had put together a video that included uh, Walt Disney saying some, making some comments about uh, this experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And actually, he, correct, he changed it himself within the, uh, within the uh, talk, and he called it the experimental prototype city of tomorrow. So which one is actually correct? Well, I think either one could be, because he, he like changed it in mid-sentence uh, along the way when he was doing this talk. But anyway, he pieced together this, this one segment of Walt Disney talking, and Walt Disney was talking about how he had this uh, community where people would live, work, and play. And the... Then he edited in some other pieces that were narrated pieces about what this uh, community would be, and it was a it was a powerful enough image that everybody bought into it. And you know this is Walt's vision, and they moved ahead, and they finished building the uh, Walt Disney World theme park, the Magic Kingdom, and then they got got approval to do Epcot, and they started Epcot a few years later. Uh, you know, on the drawing board, you know, when they opened the Magic Kingdom in 1971, it was only 11 years later that they put in Epcot, and Epcot took somewhere on the order of four years to build. So you, know, you got to figure that they were, you know, they were into the early, at least the early planning stages at that point when they were, when they were putting it together. So interestingly, there was also a, something I read once that. Uh, Walt was kind of notating up some documents, and they were found in his desk after after he passed away. And basically, they were looking at uh, he was looking at what they were going to do for this um, this city of tomorrow. And he was he had a concern that people were only going to be temporary residents. And he had made some handwritten notes that they would only uh, that people would only be tempor temporary residents, and not uh, not people who actually lived in the community full time. And you wonder a little bit, you know, how much, what was Walt's vision? So I wanted to play for you Walt's, Walt's portion of the, uh, the vision that they had out there, because I think it's really kind of compelling. When you listen to Walt's voice and you listen to what he says, think about it for a minute. So the question is, what did he really want? Was he looking for some sort of something different? Was he looking, he had this total vision that just eludes most people that he really thought he, he could make something spectacular and different than what anybody else had? Uh, or was he really thinking about having this, this, uh, this community where people could, uh, could live and work? And it was, they were only temporary residents in this community. And I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I look at it and I just kind of wonder a little bit, you know, I, I kind of stare at it with wonder, what, what did he really intend? It's really kind of interesting to me to think about you know, where, he was, where he was going with this. Now, I can tell you that the way he works the college program and the way he works the international program, or the company does now, but I guess it really was his, his concept, I think really does typify exactly what he had in mind as far as temporary residence, or what I would think he would have in mind as far as tempor temporary residence, because these guys come in, these guys and women, they come in and they actually work for the company for some period of time, and they're given housing at uh, Vista Way uh, 
uh, typically, and they're uh, they're given a given a stipend to uh, to be able to live and uh, work in the community. So they're actually working in the community and they're doing things and they're a part of uh, what's going on with uh, with the, all the theme parks or you know, any of the resorts and so on. They're just there doing that. They're there for some some assignment period of time. So it could be six months or a year or some some period of time, and they're doing the job. Then they go back to wherever they came came from, uh, whether it's back to college or back to their international destination, and they uh, they'll continue to uh, to do whatever else it is they do. And they can apply for another one at, at some future time. But really, it's not about that. It's about them. It's about them being temporary to there. Now the challenge is, of course, that you have a lot of other people who are there who are uh, full-time employees of the company. And how would you deal with that? And in the rest of the video that was that was available that wrapped around Walt's speech, there were some comments in there about how that you know they thought that they could bring people in and they live in these houses in the pods on the outside and they you know they commute into work and whatever. But everyone had to be a viable member of the of the community. You know you couldn't you couldn't retire there basically. And you know that just kind of mystifies me a little bit. What you know what did they have in mind? I, I really don't understand. So. Anyway, so Walt passes away, and uh, here it is, it's several years later, and they're trying to decide what they're going to do. So you've got two competing thoughts. You've got the Imagineering has kind of got the schism in it. Half of Imagineering is thinking, you know, we really need to create something that's all the countries uh, that we can get together, each having their own representation, and that being what the community of tomorrow would really be. And then you had the other group of Imagineering who was looking at it and saying, you know, really what we should be thinking about is future technologies. And it's the city of tomorrow where we're looking at the technologies and how they all integrate and how we build a, uh, some sort of a, a look at the future in some way. You know, it's, it's back to that concept of having something like uh, uh, Tomorrowland, but, you know, more. And I think that was part of where they were headed with it. So the story goes that the, uh, the two Imagineering groups were sitting there and they had their, their visions and even their model for what they wanted to do. So they had you know, built little scale models and kind of come up with the, you know, the concepts and some of the, some of the ride concepts and show concepts that they wanted to have. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the seniors in, in the, uh, in the uh, Imagineering group said, you know what, let's just see what happens if we push them all together. And basically just push the two models together and came up with something close to what you see as Epcot today, where you have uh, the, both the community of tomorrow, where you have people representing their countries, and their countries represented through the, through the buildings and the attractions that are there. And then you have the uh, future world, which is really your city of tomorrow, your, your, your means of communication and bringing together the technologies of tomorrow. So there was, your, there was your basic concept. So when it opened in 1982, it had both. And it was the experimental prototype, and they used the word community here, of tomorrow. And it was all capitalized, and it even had periods in between because it was an acronym. And that was, the, that was basically what they came up with. And I don't know for sure if it met Walt's vision. I actually think that, the, that really the college program and the, uh, the international program really meet Walt's vision for what he had in mind part of the way. The other part about bringing in technologies was still missing. Uh, you know, how do you get companies to invest in technologies and do things uh, to improve you know, the quality of life, to improve what we, what we know, to, to get better technology out there? I think 
to some small degree, Future World did that, because in Future World they started thinking about how do we bring together all those technologies, and what can we put in them? So you had all these representations, you had Sperry there, and you had AT&T, and you had, uh, oh, I can't even remember uh, some of the other ones, General Motors, and their concept cars, and you know different things like that, where everybody had some piece of the puzzle that was pulling it all together through various parts of what, what we could do in the, in the city of tomorrow. And you even had, you know, when you looked at it, you had, how, did you, how could you work with the land? How could you work with the seas? How could you work with uh, your imagination and pull all those things together to try and get some technology to work there as well? So I think that's another portion of maybe what Walt wanted there, to be able to pull together all the pieces. But I'm still not convinced that that's exactly what he wanted. And I don't think anybody will ever know what Walt really wanted since Walt you know, was an individual and he didn't always share all his everything with anybody. He had pieces he shared with different people and I think some people got it and some people didn't. Some people heard maybe what they wanted to because of what they thought Epcot could or should be. But I find it interesting how the whole thing came together and it uh, really became something. I'm not sure if it's quite what he wanted, but I think it's a pretty cool little place to go and certainly in 1982 when it opened and you had all these countries the world was a small the world was a much larger place at that point you couldn't easily travel to a lot of the countries that were shown there uh, it was a lot harder and the technology that was that was evolving remember this is an earlier time when you know the personal computer was only two years old at this point so to have some of this technology where you could you could integrate computers and bring things together i think really was really a good way to show this and showcase it to a large degree. So there's that, and so when you look at everything that's there, in a larger world, you can actually visit a country and get a flavor for what it's like. Now here, here it is. It's more than 20 years later, uh, and you've got a situation where you've you've got everything coming together, and you've got a much smaller world. You can hop on the internet and go and get information about any of these countries. You can go and you can uh, get technology that blows away what you might have had in 1982 by, you know, like a thousand times uh, right there at the, you know, the local uh, Mega Mart or even, you know, just, just walk into one of those or some of your retail outlets that are close by. And they're not even very expensive, so the technology is, is there now. So the question, you know, is... Uh, whether you know how that all how that all works now that it's you know that it is later and the world is smaller and it just it seems so different. I mean, we we've been I've been to many of the countries that are represented in, in uh, Epcot and yeah, those are small tastes of those countries and I, I think it's a nice snapshot of the country, but it shouldn't be confused with what's reality in those countries when you put yourself in the in the situation of being in those countries and actually seeing what it's like to live there. Uh, and getting a sense of, of what reality really is. Uh, but yet, like I say, it's, it's a nice little taste, and I think that's a very positive thing. And I'm glad, you know, we get a taste of it that way here in the United States and in, in Walt Disney World. But um, I'm, I'm kind of like Tomorrowland in, in, uh, in, Disney, in the Magic Kingdom. You, when you think about Tomorrowland, you know, how does it evolve and how does it become something greater? Because you're, you're looking at technology that needs to evolve as well, and it doesn't. It hasn't evolved to that level yet. And the same thing applies to most of Epcot. How do you, for the future world part, how do you continue to get it to evolve and be something more when technology is just evolving that quickly? And 
for the countries that are there. They're well represented and they're really interesting and they try to keep them fresh and bring in people to give you a taste of what the country is like. But it's still, for those of us who have traveled a little more and done some other things, it's miss missing something and it's easier to travel to those countries now and maybe, well, I guess I could look at it this way. If it sparks your imagination and makes you want to learn more about the country, then it's done its job. It's done, it served a purpose. So I'll, I'll take it for that. But I just, I don't want, I don't want to give you the wrong impression that it is like being in the country because it's, it's just a small taste of being in the country. So that's my podcast for this week. I wanted to give you some insights into what is and was Epcot and kind of how we got to this point and some, just some general insights about what the, uh, what the, what the park is like. As I say, I'm not sure that it matches up to Walt's, Walt, what Walt's vision was for it. But then, I don't know what Walt's vision was. I only have a general concept in mind. And you hear those few words he said when he was very sick. And don't know entirely what he intended to say there or what he was trying to get at. But I think it's, uh, I think it's safe to say he'd be happy with it. I don't, but I don't know that he'd love it. Uh, just given how it's evolved over time. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's a piece to a puzzle that he was looking at. So I hope you have another great week, and we'll talk to you again soon. We hope you enjoyed the Dave's Disney View podcast. Now, please watch your head and step as you exit the moving vehicle. Take small children by the hand. The moving conveyor belt and your ride vehicle are moving at equal and opposite speeds. So please, watch your step. And thanks for joining us on Dave's Disney View Podcast. From all of us, thanks for riding along with us. If you have questions or comments, or just would like to contact Dave, send him an email to dave at bitchindave.com. That's B-I-T-C-H-I-N, dave.com.